With the Super Bowl coming up, everybody is excited about cheering their team on, stuffing their faces with food and drinking or doing whatever they do at Super Bowl parties. But for libertarians and conspiracy theorists, the Super Bowl brings a totally different meaning, like analyzing the propaganda and commercials and breaking down the Illuminati symbolism that happens at halftime. And that's what we're going to do today on episode 26 of the Propaganda Report. I'm here with Monica. Monica, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm surviving. <laughs> it can get kind of uh, demoralizing to immerse yourself in that occult stuff because it always uh, turns yeah. like Satanism. And I mean, I I was like watching Lady Gaga videos just to see what she's all about because I'm not super plugged into pop culture, and she's doing the halftime show, and uh, it was disturbing. Yeah, it gets to the point where you have to balance the the extremes because with people who are into analyzing that stuff, it's it's almost the first thing you see is oh, devil, devil worshiper, symbolism, as opposed to people who see none of that. So it's kind of a balancing the confirmation bias. With- and there are also these implications. So there are depending on who you think is at the top of the pyramid, uh, lizards or Zionists or Satanists or whatever you people will always direct you to the connections to that underlying theory which puts me off a little bit because i i see the symbols i acknowledge that they are there i do not know what the illuminati is code for but they they i almost wonder if they put it out there just to get us to think about it just to, to focus on it yeah, I think there's a number of possibilities, and that, that's what I want to talk about. I have a shirt that I wear from time to time that my sister got me for my birthday a couple of years ago, and every time I wear it – in fact, the last time I wore it, I, I was checking out at Publix, and I looked over, and standing next to the, the bagger was just kind of a random dude with long hair, kind of gruffy looking, and he was just kind of looking at me with like a weird look on his face, and after I paid – and I started walking towards the door. He goes, hey, man, nice shirt. <laughs> and, and then he kind of looked at it, and I just I gave him a look like I knew what he was talking about. <laughs> and, and then he just walked off, you know? And that happens every time I wear that shirt. Someone comes up to me, and they make some sort of either ambiguous comment like that, or they kind of pull me aside, and they go, are you a Freemason? Are, are you associated with the Illuminati? My dad is. Like like stuff like that. So I have a shirt that has these apparently specifically coded symbols that trigger some sort of association in specific groups of people that means basically nothing to other groups of people. And I think that's part of where the symbolism at the halftime show – I think that's part of what's going on. I mean there, there could be uh, – it could – I mean, it's on the dollar bill and all like there's a lot of stuff in our founding where I don't think it was a psyop. I think it must have had some kind of meaning. But just symbolism in itself, just like a secret handshake can mean nothing more than that. You're in a club. That means absolutely nothing. But the fact that you're in the club makes you like other people in the club. You know, I mean, I feel like there's something about it that makes you feel like you're in the in crowd that appeals to people. Yeah, it, it can be coded language. It can be ways to unify people who have conflicting interests under a common goal like war. You know, if you get people to fight for 
protection of your country or for democracy, then a bunch of people are going to sacrifice their conflicting interests, and they're going to be compelled to unify under this kind of moralistic code of the symbol. And, and that's what symbols are. Symbols are only as powerful as the associations and the emotions that they evoke from the people who see them. And that's a good point. I think that these Illuminati symbols at halftime, I think they could be a result of a number of things, and I think they could also have diverging effects on very on different groups of people. Well, the one thought I have about what you're saying about that powerful symbolism is maybe it's meant to mean something to the people who are afraid of it more than the people who embrace it. So that you have this increasing sense of cognitive dissonance where you – it freaks you out to see it because you see it hidden in plain sight. And you're like you, – you try to tell your friends, you don't see that the power elite has all these symbols of secret handshake. They have you know, every kind of satanic – You know, it just makes – I wonder if it's almost – they're purely for the negative associations. I think partly it is. I think one of the reasons is going to be to evoke fear in people while also making them sound crazy when they talk about it. It's a way to discredit people who are investigating it. Yeah, because they because they put it out there. Yeah. They know that most of the population is just going to think people are crazy when they talk about it, so they have no problem using them. And I also think it might not always necessarily be them, quote unquote, who puts it out there. I have a list of about 10 possible reasons that they might include these symbols in the halftime show or, or wherever, really, wherever they include them in media. It's, it's going to be a form of cultural conditioning of slowly transforming the way people view society and what they accept to be reality. Like what we see on TV, it, the idea is to make the public believe that that is a true representation of reality. These these symbols, what they're associated with during these halftime shows, they're going to kind of trigger a shift in what that, that new cultural reality is. And like Beyonce last year with the, the Black Panthers. Remember that? Yeah, she had a Black Panthers beret on. She was wearing the top half of Michael Jackson's outfit from a previous uh, I think I think it was like a Super Bowl maybe the one that was at the Rose Bowl, but uh yeah, she was doing that. But uh, keep going. What it does is it associates in people's minds as Illuminati symbols with these specific movements that are going on. Now, the effect that it has on people emotionally and the action that it causes, it, it's going to be different for the different groups of people. And I think that might be that might be part of the influence they're going for is is if people react different ways to certain symbols and they can create conflict anytime they want and fear, like you said a moment ago. I haven't I hadn't before made the connection, although I clear in my mind like what I wanted to talk about, you know how I was thinking about. I'm interested in this. I want to understand what you're saying. But the way I had been thinking about it was okay. There are two things to look out for. You know, I was thinking what to watch out for symbolism, like Illuminati symbolism, and then the political agenda. And the Illuminati symbolism always seems to be the same, but the political agenda changes from year to year. And you're saying they become associated in these shows. And are you saying, and I understand what you say about different people. Cause you sent me an Aldous Huxley speech that, that he said there's 20% of the people can be hypnotized and 20% can't. And then it's the people in the middle. You kind of have to 
fight it out over. And in a democracy, we know that 20% doesn't count. So they can put the symbolism out there for the 20% who are into it. And then for the 20% who are afraid of it and the middle people, maybe it's subconscious, but why explain to me more, please, what the importance or the reality of the association between the symbols and the agenda Here's what here's what I'll do. I'll address that question, and then why don't we just go through this list of possible reasons that they they might put in there to give it kind okay. of a, a simple button. But yep. I think to what you're saying, think think of it like: Have you seen the movie Mockingjay? Uh, I saw Hunger Games. Hunger Games, yeah, the Hunger they're the Hunger Games series. You know how she's the Mockingjay, and they have the symbol uh, for I, the Mockingjay. No, I only I don't. I just remember the first one. Maybe I didn't understand that. I think about somewhere in the second around the second movie movie she yeah, becomes I didn't see the second one, yeah. she mm-hmm. becomes a symbol not to this doesn't really spoil it. it's uh, kind of the basic theme of the film no that's she okay becomes, I'm not going to watch that <laughs> she becomes a symbol for for the movement for the revolution and they actually use her in propaganda films it's a great movie to study propaganda because they actually yeah. do active propaganda campaigns and she is the cool. symbol she's the mocking jay and they have a little kind of a flicker they do with their hands to symbolize that they they're part of the resistance and and that mm-hmm. is the symbol for the mocking jay so what i think could be going on when some of these symbols are attached to movements and and this is how a lot of these these you know, communist propaganda, any propaganda works, and so the same thing with Illuminati propaganda is going to be that if you see something happen like some sort of social movement being suggested during the halftime Super Bowl show and there's all these associated symbols, if you're somebody who understands the hidden meaning of those symbols, then those symbols are telling you that this is us. This is the resistance or this is the Illuminati that is putting this together. You know what I mean? Right. So – so it's attaching that symbol to, to speak to the people who understand the hidden language so that they know that you're behind this operation. Is there a lasting effect of the agenda in that, okay, Black Lives Matter now is associated with Illuminati stuff? I mean, every time you see a pyramid or an eye or whatever, are you supposed to think subliminally or subconsciously Black Lives Matter? Or is it just... They're telling you, you know, are they trying to tell you that Black Lives Matters is not a oh, grassroots movement, that it's it's from the top? Like why, you know, why, why put the symbols, you know, why have the overlay? Is it just an opportunity to present both the symbols and the agenda or is there a reason to have one on top of the other? Well, it's it's depending on the audience. So the same two people, two different people watching that. Someone who understands the symbolism, who might be part of the inner circle, or or who, you know, whatever, who who who. Yes, who knows I what understand it means. that. Yes. So mm-hmm. they're being activated. So that they might see that symbol being associated with it. That might tell them, okay, I know if I go support a Black Lives Matter movement, or if I go support any of these movements, that I'm not supporting that movement. I'm supporting this Illuminati cause. So this and is part of the bigger to. picture. Yeah, exactly. So it compels okay. them to action based on their understanding. For somebody else, it might make them say, oh, there's just some more satanic Illuminati symbolism associated with it. So it might be that discrediting factor like we talked about earlier. It's, it's the right. different reactions based is, on the pre-existing beliefs. Right. And um, those matters, those issues like Black Lives Matter uh, are so politically charged and polarizing that – if if the goal, and I think it is, is to cause unrest, 
then those strong, powerful symbols that mean a lot to people, negative and positive, being associated with those political agenda items, which are also highly divisive um, and agitating, yes, that would make sense. It, it further polarizes the kind of two extreme camps, and it associates it with these issues that you can talk about on the news. You can't talk about <laughs> Illuminati stuff on the right. news, but you talk about Black Lives Matter, and that 20% on each end is how I'm going to think about it. Exactly. Are, uh, are going to get, um, you, you know, maybe create, it's like madness, you know, pulling things apart. Here's one of the reasons is, and this goes to what we're speaking about, is the the hypnotic triggers. Although this is more MK Ultra, what they're talking about in this article. What article? Okay. It's somebody who analyzes Illuminati symbolism. Right, okay. It's about Illuminati symbolism and it talks about... Yeah, and it talks about the reasons that these symbols are put into like the halftime show and they're put into movies right. and television. Right, okay, good, yeah. Like yeah. Bring it. So, so hypnotic triggers, basically specific and pre-existing symbols are inserted into the media to trigger like hidden programming in people's minds, like MK Ultra stuff. So they already exist, okay. Exactly, yeah. But that's the whole idea behind the, the mind control programs, that people don't remember it, and then they're activated by something they see on television, and then they go do whatever they've been you know, assigned to do. So it seems to me the only people I know, and I'm one of them, who gets activated by seeing the all-seeing eye are people who are opposed to it. I, I actually am having a friend over who's a Mason, and he says he like tells me that every once in a while. You know, I'm a Mason. <laughs> like it's fine. I don't care. You know, it doesn't. I, I'm sure. Well, who knows? But he, I don't know if he looks at the all-seeing eye. Does he? I'll ask him. Uh, well, they don't. You it's know, not a he, conscious awareness. It's not something that the, in this in this example, this is not something okay. people are consciously aware. But of. is this he, isn't... as a Mason, unconsciously aware of that eye? Are they subconsciously activated by the all-seeing eye? They might he, be subconsciously activated to be dismissive. I mean, I just wonder who... if it's yeah. Oh, that's a good one because I wonder, and that folds into what I'm wondering is. Is the entire symbology of the Illuminati designed purely negative, designed to evoke a negative reaction 100%? And there is no longer, I think at our founding, there was positive imagery or maybe at the highest levels of masonry. But now I feel like maybe it's not promoted for Beyonce to tell uh, the grand poobah or whatever that she's in on it. It's more for her to tell me. So I can be freaked out. <laughs> right, know? right. Um, you know, I feel like that might be the entire purpose of it, to be a black mass or to be whatever, so that uh, people like me are activated, not at all, so anyone's activated in a positive way. Right. Well, there are other theories where there's positive activation. I just focused okay. on the uh, more – yeah. since this, the Super Bowl halftime show is so dark. To clarify, when I say – they're in on it. I don't mean Beyonce. In my opinion, Beyonce has no idea. She she thinks that she's being – she might think she's doing something like hip or she might think that she's being provocative by doing that. What I mean is that the people who have subtly influenced her. Well, you know, I think in that halftime show, one of the lyrics in her song was – you're corny if you think I'm in the Illuminati. Now, maybe that was just something I uh, – I mean I heard that for sure. I didn't like go back and look, but she supposedly made an overt reference to the Illuminati. So she might not be in on it. She might think it's funny, but yeah. she's aware of it. 
Right, obviously, yeah, yeah. Okay, and right. Bernays, Bernays talks a lot about how to get movie producers and, and music uh, people and people who write films, how to get them to put stuff in their films that furthers the agenda that Bernays is There's furthering. There's a website that tells people how to do it. What was that one? Ginny kept sending it to me. I keep forgetting oh, it, right. but it tells yeah, you yeah. how to talk about guns. I want to look it up and see if it talks about how to talk about immigrants or refugees. I'm sure that stuff's in there by now, and it's really – it's a – you know, uh, looks totally legit, and it's a way for you as an artist to ha- figure out how to what is the politically correct way of talking about agenda items. Right. I wish I had the name of that at the tip of my tongue. Okay, now that that hypnotic example, this was they were talking specifically about like sleeper agents being triggered for assassination attempts and stuff. So that was kind of the extreme hip- hypnotic, right? At trance. But they say just TV is hypnotic, that flicker rates of TV. And I wonder about these fluorescent light bulbs. I do not use them. They have crazy flicker rates. Like, they're not good for you. I'm really worried about that. That's what this next one talks about. This next one is a psychic attack by broadcasting kind of negative energies to lower the frequency of the population. Like Hitler. That's what Hitler did during World War II is he broadcast negative. that stuff starts to sound tinfoil hat. That's why people put tinfoil. Like that stuff is beyond my ability to evaluate whether it makes sense or not. So I can't. I can't. Well, you've been affected by it. You've been affected emotionally by music before, right? Uh, I mean, I'm yes, for sure. But I'm not like a huge music well, person. I mean, but what you're saying is like frequency. Somebody's clanging drums and slamming doors. Oh, pisses you off. Yeah, that I got. Music <laughs> has for a. Sure powerful effect on on the way that people feel and yes can... oh yes yes there were pavlovian experiments about that that were brought over i have a book called roots riots and revolution i have numerous books about that yes i understand completely what you're talking about and that's what i believe they're talking about here oh okay i thought you're talking about beaming waves into our heads which i no. you looked that stuff up i sent you a wiki site about that where it's for real like they can definitely do that and they do experiments on it and you wouldn't even know <laughs> i mean i know it's out there targeted it's individuals like, it's like harp and chemtrails like i just don't even know how to begin to assess it yeah it's it's that there's people who call themselves targeted individuals who hear voices in their head. One of them was a, a shooter at one of the schools, I believe. Oh, the Alexi guy in the Navy Yard shooting did it. Um, this very last one did it. The guy who came in from the Orlando Orlando airport said that he uh, heard voices. Now they could just be saying that to make right. these guys seem crazy or they could really you know or they actually do it and they like that you know they like to they do it for real and they're happy these guys talk about it because it makes them sound insane all right if somebody will believe it all right another one is and we've talked about this before actually we talked about a second ago is to taunt people is to say we know that oh. you are researching this and we know nobody's going to believe you yeah that happens to me when i was marching against obamacare i mean they were taunting me and i texted some community organizer I knew, and I said, wow, like, I never get emotional, but I want to, like, kill these people. <laughs> it was congressional <laughs> aides standing on a balcony yeah. laughing at us and pointing at us. And he said, no, no, they're trying to get you to do something stupid. But they were pointing and laughing, and it was infuriating. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do about it. it Another one is to mark their territory. The Rockefellers apparently do this a lot by branding their properties with with – 
certain colors and stuff like this. The idea is that the Illuminati is just branding its property by displaying its symbols. Now, I don't know if they're going saying that this person is now our property who's performing this ritual or if they're just saying that this stage, we're, we're letting you know, we're branding it, don't mess with us. We're still in charge. I'm not quite sure. I did see an article about Trump. There was a picture of Trump. I don't know how long ago. Couldn't have been that long ago. But where, where his son, Barron, who I've mentioned to you, is named after his own pseudonym, his alter ego, John Barron. His son's name is Barron. Uh, Barron's riding on a, on a stuffed lion. Melania is in some kind of almost winged outfit. And Donald's sitting there, and it's in one of their apartments, whatever, and it's super gold and has pillars. And the guy was looking at it from an Egyptian symbolism point of view. And and he and Trump puts Trump on everything. Now, I'm not saying he's yeah. calling the shots, that he's one of those guys. But to the extent there's, you know, people are peeing on things, I think he definitely does that. Right. He's marked his territory. That's basically his entire business, I think. I don't think he owns any of that anymore for the most part. Another one is that it is the performer pledging their allegiance to the Illuminati. They're showing their willingness to submit. Oh, gosh. I, did I tell you this? We, I, I don't like that song, Happiness. I like it. Pharrell Williams. It's like a really nice song, like upbeat. But he talks happiness is the truth. So anybody who's oh, Christian yeah. is going to be like, happiness is the truth. That's like what, you know, isn't, isn't the satanic thing, isn't the Luciferianism, they say – do what thou shalt is the only law. Like they think that God is bad because he doesn't let you do what you want. Like what kind of a sick um, entity would create people with drives and then not let them fulfill them. So for me, like when I heard that happiness is the truth, like that just seemed funny to me. And I wondered about Pharrell Williams and he came out in a show I was watching where he was one of the performers and he did that song. And then he said, Oh, I nearly forgot to thank the Lord. And I was thinking to myself, do you mean God? <laughs> yeah. Do you mean Jesus? Like, who is your Lord? I mean, I just remember thinking it was so yeah. completely out of place for anyone to come out and thank the Lord. Big L, the Lord. It was so totally out of place. I actually had to wonder who the, the Lord Grammys. was. It was at the Grammys. I mean, I, I hate to harp on the Grammys like uh Black mass symbolism, you need but to it's go backstage. You need to get man. You need to get back there, and you need to get some hidden audio. <laughs> I can't. I do not have access backstage. All right, we talked about coded communication already, delivering a message to people in the know while the public remains ignorant of what they're seeing. And here is the last one that they list: cues. To those in the know, they are able to identify the signals, and the signals are foreshadowing coming events. And it gives those who are on the inside time to make plans, investments, um, and other preparations for these upcoming events. Can you give me an example? Did I not understand that correctly? Yeah, they're, I mean, they're saying they're through the way the symbolism is used. They're telling people who understand the symbols that we're about to crash the economy, so you need to divest here and maybe get ready oh, to invest here. Oh, that's how they do it. If that's true, because there has to be a way they tell people. I, I really do believe they crash the stuff on purpose and then scoop it up. Like, I oh, I really yeah, think definitely. that's why they crashed oil. Like, who knows what deals went on? Um, I That made me think, like, Putin was in on it because it really hurts him for the price of oil goes down. But then I saw that he was buying oil assets, and I was like, oh, well, that's not going to hurt. 
it's it hurts the person who owns them um, or who doesn't have dry powder. But I always wondered what the signal was. So maybe there's yeah. a signal. I thought there'd be, you know, I thought it was a, a source that I needed to identify who would write an article in plain language, which they do a lot. They write articles in plain language a lot. But uh, a signal would be, yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's how that's how they communicated during the the Revolutionary Wars. Is you know the symbols might not have been they they were left in certain places, but those symbols communicate what actions they're going to take, which tells the person who who knows the symbol what they're supposed to do. Right, but that's that's uh, people sitting down together saying, "Okay, this is the symbol." And when I used to work in investment banking, the guys. It is hard for me to believe that the guys who I think are uh, anticipating these crashes and stuff sat in a room and said, "Okay, when you see me pull my ear, that's the thing." I, I, but I hear you. I mean, I, I, I that particular example. I, I, my guess is there's a person who is known to be in the know, and that person will write an article, right. And then, so you watch that person's articles. Okay, exactly. Go. Yeah, yeah. You know who to look out for. There's a couple right. more which uh, I missed. Which these are these are pretty simple, I think. And I think this is probably the case a lot of times. Is it's a marketing gimmick because it knows that people are going to focus on it and talk about it and trolling. Basically, you put it out there just to mess with people who are into investigating it. And I think that probably happens a lot. Somebody's making a movie or something, and, and they say, "Hey, let's put this all-seeing eye up here," just because we know people are going to obsess about it and think we're part of the Illuminati. Oh, yeah. Cognitive infiltration a la Cass Sunstein. Right. And also, it's just messing around. People do that without even thinking about all that stuff. They just go, this would be hilarious if we put this here and we can just wait and see how people talk about this on internet forums and we can kind of build our publicity around some of that stuff. I can't even imagine people <laughs> having the time to do that stuff, but okay. I w- that absolutely, that, that's totally Yeah, I, I, I believe you. Yes, yes, for sure. I could see some people I know just doing that. Yeah. Just just to throw it, and not even thinking about the bigger the bigger meaning of it. I that's like so if it isn't for a legitimate if it's for a legitimate marketing purpose, I consider it to kind of be unethical to do that kind of thing. I don't like manipulation. If it's just for fun, like that's real I I'm just going to go on the record and say that I think that's obnoxious. As a victim of trolls, I can't stand it. It folds right into the modern or the like increasingly prominent cognitive dissonance thing where the point where you're so fatigued by rapid fire stimulation that the only way you're going to get more is to have something unpleasant happen to you. Like, I think yeah. that's why these right. all powerful royals and stuff start getting kinky, you know, do S&M and stuff. That's <laughs> just like, wow, yeah. like there's one thing I haven't tried, like. Uh, hurting somebody or being hurt, you know, it's just a sign of of uh, hedonism fatigue. Right. All right. You want to go through some of the symbols that we might see at the halftime show? Yeah, that'd be great. I'm super interested to what to watch out for in the Super Bowl because I find it like watching the dryer turn around to watch sports. I usually like big games, professional games. I, I can get into it, but uh, I'm much more interested in the you know, any kind of hidden, although you told me that I can't <laughs> root it for people by like pausing and being like, see, see that eye in the background, like see this, see that, like the football is a bomb. 
you'll get you'll get run out of your own house. No, I know. <laughs> I'm gonna try so hard to be good. See, at for my everybody party. else, the commercials and halftime are that time to talk. Like to talk small yes, talk about yes, the game and yes, stuff, right? Yes, I will pause the commercial to talk about the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's some obvious okay. ones that we're going to see. I mean, you always see the uh, the hand sign where people make the pyramid with their hand. I mean, somebody yeah. always does that. Okay. Somebody always does the – there's always going to be some something that can be interpreted as the all-seeing eye. Yeah. Yes. Can is there always something everywhere? Like, look around you right now. Could you find something on your desk that's the all-seeing eye? You know, well, like I, I feel I have like that you shirt. Could... Yeah, that shirt. Oh I was yeah, talking I mean, about, so I yeah. But I mean, just you could kind of make. I I don't believe that you can. I, I think that it's really there, and they do it on purpose. Their purpose, I don't know for sure, but. There's some things that are really a stretch, like check that out. You know, right. it's just, it looks like the eye. It's like, well, I don't know. Everything looks like something. Everything's either a circle or a pyramid. So if it's all, you know, or a line. The hidden eye is the one to me. It's just like the hidden eye is where you cover your eye. You cover one eye. And I watched one of those Lady Gaga videos and in the comments, people are like, she did the hidden eye. And I'm like, she's just laying down with her hand. I mean, when you rub your head, you put your hand over yeah. your eye. You're not given the hidden eye when you rub your head. Yeah, I I don't know. That kind of stuff. Because they <laughs> there's so many like Ron Paul. They'll show Ron Paul like pointing his finger and it looks like, a, you know, the horns or whatever. You know how like you're supposed to do that, the two, the pinky and your forefinger straight up. Yeah. That's like a big symbol, but it's also the Longhorn symbol for UT Austin, which is where my husband is school. So everyone, I mean, there's probably a thousand pictures of my husband with his hands like that. My kids do it all the time. Right. It's just it's the hook 'em horns, you know. And okay, maybe the whole entire institution was created by Masons to hilariously make fifty thousand people at a time do that, but. You know, and like my sign, Monica Perez Show, like on my blog, MonicaPerezShow.com, the A, the C and the A in Monica, I made it like an anarcho-capitalism sign. Yeah. But it, it looks like a star in a circle. It totally, totally looks satanic. It bums me out. I think I might have <laughs> – but I love it. I want to take it down, but like somebody points it out. It's like, boy, I can't deny that. And maybe the person who originally invented that did want that. Right. And now I picked it up, and and now I'm bummed and conflicted, and I feel like, okay, you can't deny it looks like that. Companies have had to change their logos. Yeah, I want to take my symbol back. Yeah, it's not yeah. cool. There, another one is that uh, like the AOK people give with their with their hand, the, where they put their index yep. finger on their thumb and they hold yeah. their three fingers up. That's that's interpreted as the six 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 symbol. But it's three. I guess if you turn it towards yourself, it does make a six. Stop doing that demonic hand signal. I know. I'm scaring myself. If you do it three times, yeah, I'm sure something bad happens. Okay, here's one that's interesting that it would not surprise me if we saw. It's a bird cage. Like I, they might have even done this before, but I could. Are see you kidding? Lady- I just invented a cocktail called the bird cage. Do not tell me it has some kind of satanic meaning. The bird cage is a symbol of imprisonment. That's used in the the Monarch Mind Control Program, according uh, to this article. The symbols are a literal representation of the mental and physical bondage of Illuminati slaves. So we could see Gaga coming down in a birdcage. Maybe she's drinking one of your birdcage drinks while she's in there. <laughs> Don't tell me I can't. It was such a genius 
name, if you know the, what the drink is about, I'm so, so, so bummed. But you're so good at predicting specifics like that. I would not be surprised. Did I ever tell you about when I went to the NBA All-Star game? With my husband, it was at Jonestown or wherever that huge, ridiculous stadium is in Dallas where we were looking up to the nosebleed seats and it was literally behind like a different atmosphere. There were like clouds up there. You couldn't even see them. But on the, the halftime show of that or whatever intermission, it was Shakira in a cage in a fur bikini. And I, I remember I thought it was funny because my husband said, wow, I never realized how talented Shakira is. And I was like, yeah. yeah, I don't think that's what's going on. <laughs> I don't think you're enjoying her singing. Yeah, he was just like, wow, like she's just so great. I, I just never knew how awesome she was. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, she's awesome. That's... But she was in a cage. Right. Okay. Yes. So let's see if, if uh, Lady Gaga comes down in a cage. We might see her. I think she's going to be dressed as a spider or something because I saw that in one of the videos. She had these like weird spider things on her back. I don't know how that associates with it, but there's always this idea of metamorphosis. And I, yeah. I know spiders aren't like uh, caterpillars or anything, but this transformation of somebody into something else. Um, mm -hmm. Or possibly she's a poisonous spider and she's going to crawl on the neck of so, some entity that represents white nationalism. Hold on before you move on. The the MK Ultra, the the real name of that was Project Monarch. Yeah. Because of the transformational effect that you transform something into something else. Oh wow, I didn't Did, know that. Yeah, so you're just saying that right on the heels. So uh there's going to be some Nazi stuff. I missed that last thing because I was so excited about it. I just, I just think that there's going to be some sort of, some sort of representation of this white nationalist. And when we look at, I, I want to play some commercials for you here in a minute, and we'll get a better idea of what I think these might tip off some of the things we might see in the halftime show. But I think it's going to be some sort of takedown of nationalism. I don't know what it's going to be represented as, but maybe maybe she as a spider, she's going to have poison in her, and she's going to take it down that way. I'm not sure what where the spider comes in, or maybe that well, was just a distraction. There was a theme for 2017, how to be ungovernable, so maybe she'll play into that. I right. saw her I saw her dancers practicing with T-shirts on. One had a T-shirt, F-U, Freedom Unlimited, underneath, and the other was a sweet girl with a uh, – Love fades, pizza is forever. So I think there might be some children in the show because the Pizzagate thing is about pedophilia. I feel like that's the next kind of born that way. What's wrong with being a pedophile? They always use children. If the children, they might not be performing, but one way or another, either in the right. show as performers or surrounding the stage as props, like, like uh, I think they'll probably put refugee children around the stage at one point and they might have some signs or some t-shirts or something like I yes don't know, stronger yes. together and, and yeah they always use children as props to pull people's emotional strings uh yeah i expect that you know what they might do because thinking about one of these commercials that we're about to play is they might have some sort of representational blockade that, that is not direct overtly offense because they might uh get they 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 might have gotten stopped in the rehearsal process from doing that, but they might have something that represents a giant fence and a bunch of like refugee children behind it, 
on the on the state near the yeah stage. that yeah so it wouldn't be overt but it would be and that that would play into your birdcage thing but i have to say something i read a book the committee of 300 by john coleman which i went back and forth it was it had no chapter breaks and no footnotes and yeah, i normally throw right. that kind of thing in the garbage but his predictions Half of them came true before I read the book, which had already been a little bit old. And and the rest of them are coming. Like I had highlighted the three things that had not come true. One was parliamentary rules coming to Congress from purse strings to filibusters. And those things are happening. So when Trump is saying, uh, if you don't follow my way, no federal money for you, that's a, a not an American thing to do. Uh, filibusters are a way for minorities to have power here. That seems to be going away. And the third thing, so those things weren't even hinted at. Um, so it was that those were the parliamentary things. The second thing I noticed was he said drugs would be legal. And I was like, we are so far from that because I'm a libertarian and I was aware of that. Boy, have we, has that started to come down? And then the last thing was there will be porn shows that are shown to people in, in, uh, you know, nice dresses and stuff. And they'll be clapping like it's high art. And I remember seeing Beyonce at the Grammys just doing the whole thing as a strip tease. And her husband, I guess, was behind her. I didn't even know it was her husband. I was just like, that guy has got to get her out of there if he cares about her at all. And my husband was like, that's her husband. I was like, what? And it was so insane because she has talent. And there she was doing the whole thing backwards with her butt facing out against a chair, like reverse straddling a chair. Uh, it was like a strip tease. It was crazy. And I'm walking around this suite. Everybody's in evening gowns and tuxedos. It was just like John Coleman said. Everybody in the audience was in evening gowns. And I'm like pointing and laughing. I'm like, can anybody see this? So uh, they couldn't. And uh, <laughs> they're like, this is what people want. I was like, no, they want to hear her sing and they want to see it coming out of her face. So maybe this she was is, singing out of her, uh, you know, it seemed like it. But what was happening. So this is what I was try not to do during the Super Bowl is <laughs> ruin it for everybody. But uh, so I'm just saying that this this will be yet another example. Maybe there have been so many. I think uh, there's a possibility that it's just like such it's like high porn, which is Lady Gaga's thing seems to me real basically borderline pornographic, except for that she has a Tiffany commercial during the Super Bowl, and maybe, maybe they're going to ask her to keep it classy. I don't know. I, I don't. I think she's going to be ripping clothes off. A pentagon covering her, her crotch might be the only thing she's wearing. By and the then end of she the can show. ride a bull. She can ride a bull with <laughs> with, with a, a goat's head on her on her head on the way out. That'll be how the show ends. Oh, yes. If she put a goat's head on her head, that would be good. Right, with a snake or something wrapped around her. Oh, that's a huge symbol. <laughs> So keep going. I want to show you some of these commercials and and break down. I have four commercials I want to break down. Okay. Which one do you want first? I will start with the the Kia Super Bowl, Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy. I like her. She's funny. Hey, Melissa. The whales need your help. I love whales. Now the trees need you. 
the ice caps are in trouble. Hey, Melissa, now the rhinos need saving. Rhinos! It's hard to be an eco-warrior, but it's easy to drive like one. Introducing the most fuel-efficient crossover, the Kia Nero. Okay, that one's called Hero's Journey. Yeah, I saw that. Basically, the moral of that commercial is the environment needs you. Why not go on a hilarious adventure with an idiot and save it? (laughs) Yes. But it was just drilling home this massive need to step up for climate change, right? And the way that this creates these associations in mind, like that one in particular from a propaganda standpoint is that's that's a funny commercial. She's, you know, she's yeah. like Chris Farley and, and people are going to talk about that commercial after the Super Bowl and it creates commercials that are humorous leave a, a stronger emotional impression a stronger memory that's easier to recall in your minds and all the associations that are are stored with it come out and and it's a positive thing too so every time people are talking about this commercial to their friends they're talking positively about the climate change message whether you support that don't support it but it's framing it in a positive way through this funny celebrity in a way that makes you say, hey, I want to be a hero. I want to go stop climate change. And you have to wonder why Kia, I think it's a South Korean company, would do that, spend that kind of money. And that's when I think about uh, one-off company-by-company or country-by-country trade agreements gives the government power to say, we'll give you trade benefits if you promote this agenda throughout your marketing. They probably have a website just like the entertainment website. This is how you have to treat stuff. That's why I really do not like this uh, control from the top that we're seeing in this administration. And I just, you know, I, I always have to wonder why the corporations are going along with this. They are getting something out of it. And oh, that, I, I wouldn't be surprised if. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of All right. Now, this next one is is probably my favorite. The next one is called Born the Hard Way. And I, I was kind of expecting a commercial about a breach birth, but that's not what you <laughs> You don't look like you're from around here. Warum bist du aus Deutschland? I want to prove the act. Welcome to America. You don't want it here. Go back home. St. Louis, son. Next time, this is the beer we'll raise. Eberhard Denheiser. Dolphus Busch. It's like that hilarious fake tweet by Donald Trump. My grandfather or great-grandfather didn't schlep all the way here from Germany to watch it taken over by immigrants. Not on my watch. <laughs> this commercial is is so obscene. It's so ridiculous how thick they lay it on. Just, just starting from the beginning of it. it. It starts off right away. 
just to establish what's going on with somebody saying you're not you don't look like you're from around here yeah and you know what's funny is that completely denies the racist element in the whole thing because he looked exactly like those other people he, he was just exactly wearing a hat like him, yes. <laughs> he was i mean and he would immediately get to a german town and it just would have been a very different Maybe back then it was hats that everybody hated. Like anybody who wears a hat's not welcome in this bar, you know? Yeah. So like in one day, it's just like when I moved to Texas, I learned immediately not to say coffee the way it should be pronounced and say coffee because I was not getting any coffee when I asked for coffee. I was getting a five-minute mock fest, and, yeah. I, and I, I didn't mind being mocked except for they mocked me before they gave me the coffee. So in, it was just you know, wasting time is what it was. Then. Yes. And the consequences of being different uh, were immediately apparent and I just eradicated it. And I could have because, you know, it was just a, a hat or an accent and not a color, which is where what this is boiling down to. First things first, I want my damn coffee before, before you're going to mock me at least. Yeah, I could take the mocking, bring it, but I needed the coffee. You fucking coffee. God, it's like <laughs> 7 a.m. Oh, dude. Yeah, there was definitely some cussing. <laughs> uh, all right. Then it goes on to show him. Then, then it shows his journey. You know, he, he he's on this boat to come to America, what he's willing to sacrifice. I mean, this is a violent journey. He gets thrown across the boat. His head is bleeding. And it's like, why? Why? Because he wants to make beer. Yeah, which would have been so much easier in Germany. <laughs> right. Yeah. I want to yeah. get rich making beer is what is the only possible explanation for that. As soon as he gets to America and he gets – well, I don't know what that was that was stamped, if that was his uh, green card. I don't know what that was. But he gets something stamped and somebody says, welcome to America. And then immediately after that, he gets bumped into by what is clearly two white nationalist rednecks back to back. <laughs> Who look just like them, he does. Immediately, one of them says, well, they're fat slobs is how they made them. One of yeah, them says, yeah, 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 that's right, right, right. Go back where you came from. You know, like this guy just <laughs> waits right there where the boats come in all day just telling that's people, go back out. where you – yeah, all, that's all he does all day, just yelling at immigrants. I mean he hasn't been in America for 30 seconds. Go back to where you came from. Because the poor guys who live down by the docks were the Mayflower pilgrims. You know, who'd been there for decades, for generations, and yeah. so it was their country. Yeah. It's just silly. The first person that's nice to him is, of course, is a black dude, which is fine. But just the, the idea that there's two, two white dudes he meets bump into him. And, and yeah, so. <laughs> oh, and the only nice guy is black guy. Right. And, and he, then he goes on this journey to St. Louis where apparently he's on a ship in the middle of the ocean again that's on fire, and people are diving from the ship. <laughs> Must have been a riverboat. Uh, he's, yeah, he's on a riverboat that somebody lit. I'm sure that uh, somebody who is a racist white nationalist lit that boat oh, yeah, on fire. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't make sense. I mean I assume like something fell over but uh, and lit it on. I mean stuff went on fire all the time, I guess. But yeah, what was the point of that? Then after he survives, it's just showing how horrible his journey is. After he survives, he he apparently is 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 walking by foot across the country through like children of the corn or something in this just weird surreal <laughs> scene with all these other people. It makes well, no sense. 
it's clearly an immigrant point of view. And when uh, just if you're going to set that pendulum a swinging like the Defense of Marriage Act, it's always going to end up with the liberal globalist, secular humanist. I'm not even taking a position on any of these issues. I'm a libertarian in my world. People just do what they want and nobody gets a handout. So there's no issues about who's getting what, who's voting your rights away, who has the right to vote. I mean, that stuff is is all a function of people struggling for power, which is probably why libertarians are never going to get any power, but we right. don't struggle for power. But uh, but the way uh, that the, by lighting this tinderbox on fire about immigration, you're getting this huge reaction. It's not going to air, I, you know, it's not going to resolve itself on the side of a, a a white America. You know, white America is not going to emerge from eight years of Donald Trump. Just that's not going to happen. So, what's, right. you know, I'm not even I, I'm certainly not trying to say anything at all, except for that. I don't if the people who think this bombastic approach uh, is is smart and campaign promise keeping and uh, turning this country 180 degrees. It's definitely not. It is much more likely that this is simulating a reaction that will push us past the tipping point that staying on the left just wasn't going to do. Sorry, didn't mean to go off onto like the political diatribe, but that commercial was highly political. Well, it, it it might as well – they might as well have had somebody pull him out of that field of corn, somebody who was wearing a Make America Great Again hat and have him just beat him with a baseball bat and drag him around just to really show what they were trying to – Or a hijab. Is that what they call the headdress of a Arab female headdress, hijab? Is that what that's called? H-I-G-J-A-B? Have that that person like nursing his wounds, you know, taking care of him after he got beat by the moral of that commercial is if Donald Trump were president in 1857, there would be no Anheuser-Busch. Adolphus Bush would have died in a fire, a boat fire on the way over to America. All right. The next one is the oh, gosh, this one's so, so bad. It's the drive progress. What do I tell my daughter? Do I tell her that her grandpa's worth more than her grandma? That her dad is worth more than her mom? Do I tell her that despite her education... Her drive, her skills, her intelligence. She will automatically be valued as less than every man she ever meets. Or maybe I'll be able to tell her something Uh. different. (laughs) Really? 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 What? Oh, so painful. That was extremely painful. He needs to tell her that daddy's a lunatic and he's going to be going away now and she's going to be living with this nice family. Maybe he should give her a penis in a box and say, you can just have this attached and then you won't. 
you won't have to worry about it. That's going to be the Coca-Cola commercial next year. Those reindeer are going to pull up, and Santa is going to present some kid that's like four with a penis that she can attach. (laughs) Right. Forget the equal pay thing. Just sew this on. Detachable penis. Wasn't that a song, Detachable Penis? That was uh, Dick in a Box might be what you're thinking of. Justin Timberlake? There. No, no, it's before just or whatever. I don't know when it was, but I remember it. It was like um, Spin Doctors or Widespread Panic or somebody talks about his detachable penis. It was from the 90s. It's probably before your time. (laughs) I have to check that out. Before your time. Just look up detachable penis. You'll for sure see it. But that's, you know, maybe it's coming. Maybe that was predictive programming. Possibly. I just don't know what dad is watching a boxcar race sitting there thinking, man, it's just always been tradition in our family to sit down with our daughters and say, "Granddaddy made more than Grandma." Right. Mommy, how Daddy am I going to tell this than- kid that? Uh, you know, how am I going to fix the obvious severe confidence problem this kid has? And and I just I have to say, it, you know how insanely unusual it is for a little girl to like build a box car and. Uh, whatever, like do 360s in the sand and butt up against the other kids. I mean, it just, the difference between my daughter and my son, uh, she's the hyperachiever. She's super competitive. She gets slightly lower test scores than he does on math. However, she's definitely got what it takes and is much more likely to do, uh, make what the world might consider success. I don't think i want her to (laughs) serve the master that way but how are you going to tell her how are you going to sit her down and say every man is going to be every man you ever meet is going to be automatically valued more than you how are you going to tell her yeah she definitely she's got this thing where she's like i'm a feminist which is just that's such a politically charged (laughs) stupid thing and and she's like super religious she's much more religious than i am and she's um at her school, it's very Catholic school. They do a lot of rights life stuff. And so I was like, hey, man, feminists, <laughs> don't don't cotton to that. And she's, she's trying to reconcile that. But it, it, there's a lot of brainwashing. But one of the things she um, brought to me was a quote, a shocking, horrible pl- quote by Milo Yiannopoulos or whatever his name is. Yeah. And like, can you believe guys are out there saying stuff like this? I mean, oh, you have to be a feminist these days. And I'm like, that guy is fake. I don't even remember. It was like, oh, girls are stupid. I don't know. Something like that, yeah. honestly. <laughs> you know, there It was in the news today. Yeah, I saw that. It was on CNN. But the, but the thing with the Berkeley was so – it happened at Berkeley. It was all – it was such a – reminiscent you know we talk about how like there are parallels and they just pull stuff out from the past the berkeley riots was a ronald reagan thing remember yeah he, he cracked down on protesters in berkeley so that oh, was coming yeah, out yeah. today interesting anyway a lot of stuff oh and something else let me tell you one other thing happened today where this uh the mayor of new hope texas New Hope, Texas, a mayor who was appointed and not elected, so this person was put in place there, came out as as a transgender, I don't know, but I'm just saying that there's a big story. This person came out, wrote a letter to the town saying, I am now a female and I will continue to do my role as a female. This person was on the TV, I guess, CNN or whatever, with 
his wife, who I don't know if she actually signed up for this going in, but he he just does not look like a transgender person. He looks like a very kind of masculine guy in drag. It's it's getting to the point where <laughs> you know what I mean. It was almost like intentionally yeah. hard to believe, so that you could demonstrate how you can't you can't be like really this doesn't look right, you know, because this person is this person, and you shouldn't have a problem with this person in whatever manifestation he or she chooses to bring to you. It's just, it's getting to the point where you have to just accept whatever it is, no matter how contrived it seems. It just, it reminded me of the John Coleman thing where everybody's just like, Oh, of course, you know, we need to applaud for this. And it just seemed like a, a pushing the limits of credibility on purpose. Yeah, that's opening the door to what the other things that people can identify as. You know, they can identify as like a, a chair, a brick, uh, someone who <laughs> likes to have sex with animals, whatever, and it's going to be okay. Well, there's definitely a theme, and I, I, I will just say it's un, undeniable that every single the the biggest underlying ideology of the power elite, which for sure is driving this, there is an ideology. It's this Malthusian overpopulation thing. They just they cannot control too many people. So every one of the, they they want you to have sex. A lot of it it makes you know kind of like the animalistic nature of uh, occupying people with that bread and circuses, whatever. But sex and vodka was how the Russians did it with the Soviet Union. But what they're doing, all the things they promote are kind of non-reproductive. So homosexuality is known to come out where they want to or to be promoted if population control is a problem. And they're all like that birth control, abortion, transgenderism, pedophilia, like it all uh, sex robots. There's so, or, and even high taxes, high taxes and, uh, breaking up the nuclear family. All those things contribute to decisions or just a de facto reduced procreation thing. I, and I, again, I'm not, I, I'm a libertarian. I don't care what people do with themselves, but I do not like when the government or the people affiliated with the government, the agenda setters who, who pull levers behind the scenes, use our tax money, our institutions to promote agendas. That have, uh, you know, whose end goal is control. And that's what I think a lot of that is. Yeah. And this promoting the idea of just choose your gender at such a, a young age. I mean, that's that's child abuse. That that messes with a kid's, you know, psyche. That, to their credit, the, yeah, you're right. The Pediatrician like, Association, American Pediatrician, came out and said their gender confusion is a real thing it almost always resolves itself if you lock it in it it increases suicide and stuff at later in life like they i was i'm surprised they were not completely under the thumb but just i guess in good conscience they couldn't deny same thing with like fathers it it's been long proven that having uh, a mother and a father because thank god there is a difference gender difference it's good for us and uh uh they they used to not give adoptive children to even single people because there was such strong evidence, but they just suppress evidence. You have to face reality. I'm not, I'm not talking about social conservatism. I don't want laws about it. And I don't want people who were born that way to not live the way they want to, but it's, it's this subversion. I don't like. 
I agree. Me too. When it's messing with a, a three-year-old's psychological yeah. development, that's when it bothers me. All right. One more ad, which kind of uh, uh, builds on what we were just talking about. It's the Mr. Clean Super Bowl ad. I did see this one. So... Sarah? Sarah? Clean enough? I feel like I've seen that before, but in any case, it is it, it is pretty sexy to have a guy who cares about what you care about. <laughs> Don't go to work or a super sexy robot, <laughs> Mr. Clean, is going to bang your wife. Cleaning robot. Yeah, that's funny. Does that count? What cleaning? <laughs> Is that adultery if it's a robot? Hey, I watched somebody. Somebody had said something on Twitter. Who was it? Um, he he said something about uh, the show Humans, which is another robot yeah, I show. Seen that yet. There's some instances in this show where people get drunk and they fool around with the freaking house robot. Ah. <sighs> See, here's the thing. If he didn't have the house robot, he'd have to be nicer to his wife because she'd be the only. See, that's the danger with that kind of thing is that half the time, the only way you get the guy to clean up after. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I see. A little bribery going on I'm just on saying here. you – it's not that. I, I, that's – I don't – I'm not – I know that sounds really – crass and mercenary i'm just talking about the reality which is you have to get along if you you know if your partner is in every way then sometimes stuff that happens in one arena you know if you're if you're a jerk all the time you're not getting any so but if you're a jerk all the time and you're not getting any and then you have this robot then you can be a jerk all the time who can who who, who, who dances so just with so much sex appeal while cleaning and he's ripped too yeah and he's like a sailor with his little earring right they would have to make these these house robots just fat and disgusting and like with food <laughs> hanging from their mouth they don't need to make them human yeah but they're going to though. they're going to make them look human and it's going to be like i thought we got this to clean the house and now you're you you're leaving me for the house robot <laughs> Well, I do think that show Westworld is about the sex robots with cognitive dissonance. I think it's it's predictive programming with sex robots, and I think that it's it's this world within a world within a world, whatever, and the people don't even know that they're puppets and all that kind of stuff. It's so reflective of where we've gotten with the uh, layers and layers of information that we're we absolutely cannot tell reality from right misinformation i love the cognitive dissonance aspect of it because they always have like a glitch when they experience that conflict of their perceived reality and actual reality it's interesting because they react kind of like people yes. short circuit when they they run into information that conflicts with their reality have you ever seen the game grand theft auto briefly it's so violent i'm so yeah, sick of violence i might not be able to watch westworld if uh, 
you know, I just get so sick of the HBO shows that just all sex and violence. Like I like plot. If you, you know, I mean, I get, I get the purpose of porn, but I don't, you know, why do you have to mix it in with drama? Can't we keep it separated? Well, it's cultural conditioning, so no, you can't. That's part of the whole process. All right, well, I can tolerate that, but the violence gets – to me, that really gets me down. Like I think it's almost morally wrong. I really – I don't feel like it's morally wrong to watch the sex stuff, but I feel like watching the violence is morally wrong because I feel like it's – or I should say the thought occurs to me that's morally wrong. But because it really promotes this idea – of there are some people who it's okay to kill. And that's what the whole zombie stuff is about. And this, and the fact that these are androids and people get off on killing them. Plus it represents humanity as having this basic desire to be bad instead of what I think is actually basic desire to be good. I really think there is a moral imperative because most people I know, the vast, vast, vast majority of people I know feel, feel guilty when they're bad. They want to be good. They feel bad even when they're just speaking harsh tones to right. their kids, you know, unfairly. And that's exactly what I – that's why I was bringing up uh, Grand Theft Auto is because it, it, it leads to this. It's uh, – Grand, Grand Theft Auto, for anybody who hasn't played it, is a game where you, you don't have to follow the mission of the game. You can get in the car. You can drive your car around the city and just start plowing people over on the sidewalk. Or you can get out of the car and you can get a baseball bat and just walk up to somebody who's shopping and start hitting them with a baseball bat. You can just murder people. You yeah. can get guns and you can – and there's actually – the game advanced to where you can rape people on the game. So what? you can rape animated players on this game. Yeah, uh, that was a, 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 a controversy a while ago. And it got resolved in favor of raping? <laughs> That's crazy. I, I think it's like a secret code or something. See, now I feel like I need to, like as a libertarian, I don't want laws against anything basically, but I do think that we should reject it as a society. Right. Or as individuals, as individuals. There's another game that's called Red Dead Redemption, which is exactly like Grand Theft Auto, except it's in the Old West. And you can do the same thing. You can walk in saloons, light people on fire. This Westworld show is essentially a live-action role-playing version of, of Grand Theft Auto, this bloodlust that people can get into. So it's going to get to the point where, where people are playing these video games. It, is, it, it might be childish to hit somebody with a baseball bat, but it's not real. But then it transitions into virtual reality where you're, you're still hitting these virtual, um, not real people, but they look more real with baseball bats, and you're, uh, you're driving, over, driving over them with a car. But then suddenly it moves to these, these um, scenarios where you're going to an actual theme park where there's robots that kind of look real and you're going and you're killing them and the more real these robots look the more that that line of of is this ethical to be murdering these 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 things that now are acting like real people to have sex with with all these these prostitutes to i mean on the show there's rape and there's murder to do all these things that once were just a video game just little pixelated images but now yeah. are they look living, real, and breathing. Plus, and you can't tell. So you can't right. kill people. You can only kill the androids. But you're not making that distinction, which it, it would be super easy to get people to murder each other or to get conditioned to that. I mean, even if the androids had red glowing eyes or just some tell, you know, black fingernails, you know, just some tell. It, it would at least make – would keep that distinction alive in your mind, but the whole point of it is to break that distinction down. 
Yeah, but the, they, they make it more and more real, and I think that's that's what they're trying to get to right now with the stuff that they're making. I don't know if there'll be laws or whatever put in to try and regulate that, but if stuff like that starts happening, then that's going to transition into the real world. You know, when you can't tell reality from uh, an illusion, then people just it, it'll spill over, and the violence will have an effect on yeah. uh, um, real situations. So right now, whenever I hear a mass shooting. I I just think it's a false flag. I mean, I absolutely do. However, if they succeed in changing society to the point, that's why, like, as a libertarian, if I were going to draw, I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I don't think the government, coercive monopoly government can be saved. But if I were to embrace the uh, coercive monopoly government thing, I would, even if I had almost no laws at all, a minarchist, I would draw the line at the sanctity of human life as far as, you know, everything is concerned. Just if you're going to take a human life, it's not okay. And and I think they're going out of their way. And, and I actually was watching a, a video. I think it was Alan Watt. I don't know much about the guy. It was just a snippet somebody sent me. And he was saying how they, they actually have it documented from 100 years ago or whenever this all started where they wanted to go. Uh, I think it was Aleister Crawley or one of those guys wanted to make a point of of uh, uh, breaking down that idea that human life you know cannot be killed. Like if they can do that, if they can take that away from you, then they'll be able to completely control us. If they, where human life can't be killed, well, where where we accept, you know, the, this the culture of death is what people call it, the culture of death, where euthanasia, abortion, assisted suicide, anything where human life is legislated to die, yeah, that that's like the 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 line that they wanted. They want people to get used to the idea that that under certain circumstances human life can be taken and then push it to like where oh, okay. right. um, they actually start practicing like on zombies or on robots or whatever, you know, just if you can, that's because the, the premise kind of of the elites is that we're animals and they're not. And, right. yeah, yeah. and but what they're actually doing is making that happen so that they can have control over society. I don't know why they even want it. Like, why would you even care about controlling a bunch of animals in a zoo if that's what they think? I personally think human beings are not animals. But you, as you have told me, you can do a lot with psychological, social conditioning. You, know, you can really break a person down. I think that makes a pathology. I think that's an unnatural thing. It's a sickness when they do that to us. It's not bringing out the true human nature the way Westworld acts like it is. But, yeah. but I think that's what they're trying to do. And it doesn't make them better than us. It makes them worse than us. Yeah, and that show, it's just, it is exactly like when somebody plays Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead Redemption for the first time, there's the mission. There's the 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 uh, little storylines they could follow. Nobody ever does it. The first thing they do is that bloodlust. They get in the car. They run people over. They start blasting horses with a shotgun. And they go find hookers. Like, oh, that's immediately. interesting. That's yeah. interesting because I would have figured you know you do that just because it's so crazy to color outside the lines. But I did notice with the Westworld thing immediately that it was like a video game. You know, I just yeah, when exactly. I was watching, that, I was like, "This feels just like a video game," even though it's completely filmed, it's normal. And then they call it a park, so it's like Disney. I hope people know what we're talking about. It's an HBO series called Westworld, and the people—it's an amusement park 
where everybody's an android but you. So you get to do whatever you want. It's very, very – they they are very lifelike, real androids. Yeah, I mean they're actors. <laughs> you know, they are human yeah, beings yeah. acting like androids. Right. They don't know that they're androids, obviously. Yeah, no, I don't think that's obvious. I think that's an interesting twist. They wouldn't have to do it that way. Why, well, why the, do it that the, way? The, I know they didn't have to do it that way, but the people in the park don't realize the, the, that they're – androids and that's one of the questions I, and i can't remember, i think of the second episode the guy's like they're making these robots too real yeah making them too real. who wants yeah. that well i don't know apparently on that show a lot of people <laughs> i guess they want it it's Ed interesting Harris. my husband's totally hooked great oh, yeah? casting on that how far along oh, are yeah. you like the fourth episode okay yeah so you got you got a little ways that's enough that's enough i'm not gonna tell you what happens <laughs> I don't want to know that I have a ways to go. I don't want to blo- – now I feel like Ed Harris dies, so I don't want to think no. that. No, I mean you have six more episodes to go is what I meant. I didn't mean any – there was no hidden Illuminati meaning in that message. But the fact that you were like, oh, Ed Harris, like, oh, you're still watching it when he was in it? So no, I, can't, I can't deal with that. I've given you no indications of what happens. Okay. Whatsoever. Got it. Yeah. So I think Ed Harris was greatly cast. I have a complete phobia of being spoiled. Of stuff getting spoiled. It makes me crazy. I will I will buy books like War and Peace, you know, books that have been around for 200 years, and I won't read the blurb. <laughs> like, I don't want to know what happened, you know? Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I just don't want to know. And uh, that makes it more fun. Yeah, you know, I've given you no hints about what happens. Yes, and I do. I end up watching half the episodes twice because my husband falls asleep, and then I have to rewatch it with him. So even the spoilers, it's such a great, complex show like the spoilers don't even matter you know what i mean i wouldn't like it to be spoiled but it's such it's really well done which is why it bums me out that it's so violent because i really i feel like it's just so wrong to promote that kind of stuff yeah and you notice different things the second time you watch it too yes i have so far noticed that so I guess we're promoting the show that I consider to be <laughs> fundamentally immoral on every level. I won't let my kids watch it. Of course, I would never let my kids watch it. Oh, yeah. No, you can't do that. Never. I mean, never, ever in a million years would anyone ever let their kids watch it. But, I mean, they're minor children. There are no transgender robots on the show. Not that you yet, know yet. of. No, yeah, that we know of. That's true. I haven't investigated the uh, genitalia of all the robots. No, but so my guess is sure. that you're going to have people whose memories are of being a different gender. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. That's all I have for today. That was awesome. Super interesting. Thank you so much for illuminating me on the Illuminati oh, symbolism. Yes, yes. I'm really looking forward now to watching Super Bowl. Can you please just talk me down from – having fun during super bowl because <laughs> i'm gonna my, the only way i'm gonna have fun is being like oh yeah that's another horror babylon reference you know whatever that's not i have to be like go falcons and then it's full of pats my my house is gonna have patriot fans it's really it's, it's you okay. have to ever you can't make any try to make anybody think about anything you can watch the commercials after or before oh, the game that's the advice i was looking for don't try to make people think my plan was to have this cocktail, which I invented for the occasion, and I sent it to the place where I sent the recipe where they make one of the ingredients, and 
the chick's like all over it. She put it on her website and she wants a picture of it. I, I posted it on propagandareportdaily.com. It's called Margarita's Ghost and it's a super delicious spicy margarita, but you have to order this stuff on Amazon called Caged Heat Cocktail Syrup. Oh, wow. But uh, I realize now what the entire... My, I was worried that it, it, pumping up these, uh, promoting these great cocktails would just make the whole Pat's Falcons thing more uh, uglier. But I realized what I really need to do with the cocktail is drink it myself and stop thinking. Yes, you need to stop thinking and you now and you can means during the talking. game. <laughs> right. Well, you can talk, but you have to just kind of follow the lead. You need to pick somebody who's like a Falcons fan and just kind of follow their lead. When they when they cheer, cheer at the same level as them. <laughs> you don't want to be the chick who the first time somebody gets a first down who just goes crazy like they just won the game. You have to Well, that's not going to happen. Now, I'm going to have a hard time engaging in the action for sure. Just play the role. Every time you see a flag thrown, just yell something like, yep, I knew it. He was offsides. He was offsides. <laughs> I predicted that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Come on, where's the flag? He's getting mugged out no. there. No, that's – no. That's hopeless. The The biggest thing I could possibly accomplish, and I definitely can't accomplish it, is keeping my mouth shut, which isn't going to happen. So I need to just <laughs> dumb myself down and hope for the best. Yeah. Maybe I'll listen to Dr. Joe. The, the WSB, I feel so bad for those guys because they have to work, and it's a Falcons right. game. So WSB in Atlanta is having live programming. So maybe I'll just go sit in my room and listen to Dr. Joe. There you go. You'd be the you'd be the, one of the few people you can call in I'll over and over. I'll call him in. I'll call in. I wonder if he all your hurt. medical advice you can get in one day. I don't know if I want to broadcast medical issues though. Who wants to? Let's call use that. a fake name. All right. Now we're veering off into outer space. <laughs> Time to wrap it up. All right. This has been episode 26 of the Propaganda Report. <laughs> Subscribe to us on iTunes and tell your friends about it and uh, share it with everybody if you like it. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. It helps so much when we get shared or people subscribe or whatever. So um, subscribe. That would be awesome. But if you've already subscribed and you like this particular episode, share this episode. And like any episode you like, if you share that, because our growth really seems to be great and we'd love to keep that up. And then maybe we can get up in the search engines and uh, buy more equipment or, you know, it's just easier to, uh, I want to start doing videos again. All this stuff yeah. would be easier if we had more subscribers. Yes, that was very well put. So share any episode you enjoy. Please. All right. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Thank you. See you yes. later. Yes. Go Falcons. <laughs>